0: Hello and welcome to the Wealth Stack podcast. This is Mark Bruno, Managing Director of the Wealth Management Group at Informa Connect, and we are thrilled to have a very special guest here today, Ben Crookshank, who is the head of Flourish. Ben, thank you so much for joining us here today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Really excited to be here. Now, on the the Wealth Stack podcast, you know, one of the things that we really like to focus on is you know, growth, in particular. Obviously, Wealth Stack is about technology, but it's not just about The tools and resources that are available for financial advisors right now. It's about how you can actually use them appropriately to actually drive growth, and also just how to understand exactly what's happening in the wealth management and financial services markets more broadly. They're helping to redefine and reshape the business. And I can't think of anything that has been more interesting, um, I won't say influential just yet, um, than what's happening in the world of crypto. And we'll get into that and spent quite a bit of time on it today, Ben, during our interview. But before we do that, I think it'd be great. I'm very familiar with Flourish, had the chance to meet with your team down at the Stack event. But if you wouldn't mind, could you just give a little bit of a brief overview and background on who Flourish is and how you work with advisors?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a, a great place to start. At Flourish, our mission and our focus is to provide advisors with innovative access to financial products that they can't easily access today. So we're thinking about what products would be valuable for advisors to offer, whether as a pure value add or whether because it does assist them in their growth efforts, but where they're blocked, whether it's by just you know the, the service providers aren't available, whether their custodians aren't making those solutions available, or whether there's regulatory or business model or just operational constraints. That is our, our mindset. How do we make more financial products available to more advisors in the United States? We launched four years ago with a product called Flourish Cash, which is a cash management solution designed to help advisors with held away cash or bank account cash, out of a very simple observation that advisors had great tools for managing what was in the portfolio, but had almost no solutions for what sat outside the portfolio, traditionally in bank accounts. It was entirely held away from financial advisors, yet study after study showed that high net worth individuals had something on the order of 10 or even 20% of their total wealth in cash. And so we decided to launch a product we call Flourish Cash, which really helps advisors address that held away cash, bring it into their orbit, both as a value add solution and as a potential growth opportunity, which we can get into. That was a great first product for us. We built relationships with over 400 RAAs spread across the United States, launched integrations with platforms like InvestNet and Orion and eMoney, and got very good at securely and compliantly moving billions of dollars around. With that said, from the start, we never intended to be just a cash management company, cash management solution. We were constantly asking advisors, what else are you struggling with? What are you hearing about from clients? What do you wish you had a solution for instead? And about two years ago, the you know, number it started as a whisper, it accelerated to a roar. We started hearing from advisors over and over again about cryptocurrencies, which is no surprise given recent surveys have found that on the order of 94% of financial advisors have recently been asked by their clients about crypto. And so again decided to do something about it with a solution we call flourish crypto which is a turnkey cryptocurrency investing solution designed specifically for advisors with flexibility that advisors need around trading and transfers billing and integrations and 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 more and launched that product back in september um to date already have over 75 firms with an average firm size of about a billion and a half dollars in aum leveraging the the solution so i give all that background to say we are not a cash management startup or company. We are not a cryptocurrency startup or company. We are really laser focused on building beautiful tools for financial advisors to help them compete, to help them grow, to help them differentiate their business, and have now been really deeply enmeshed in this community for, for several years. I appreciate
0: that. It's a helpful foundation for this conversation. I think I just would love to jump right in because there's so much going on in not just the the markets right now, but in the world of crypto. Um, And it's been very interesting. I've seen a lot of different research about how investors are really the ones who are driving this conversation, right? Financial advisors are much more reactive when their clients come to them and ask them questions about what role digital assets or crypto should play in their portfolio, if they should have exposure, how much exposure they should have. Um, So Ben, I'd love to just get your thoughts and maybe give us a, a little bit of a marker, but where are we now? In terms of the professionalization of crypto. Um, and if you could, as much as I hate using baseball or sports analogies, it's an easy way, right, to give us a sort of starting and an ending point. Where are we and where do we need to be for more financial advisors to be comfortable and confident recommending crypto and digital assets to their clients?
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot of different sides to that, to that question, a lot of different directions we could go. Let me, let me start with the retail demand. So crypto emerges out of nowhere to become a multi-trillion dollar asset class. A number of studies find that somewhere on the order of 25% of Americans are investing in crypto, 25% of American households. To put that number in context, an estimated 23% of Americans own bank CDs. So out of nowhere, we find an asset class with more adoption than bank CDs. And as you're indicating, with the demand overwhelmingly driven by retail, the largest retail exchange in the United States has something on the order of 94 million verified accounts. Now that's spread across the US and a few other development mar- developed markets, but just unbelievable adoption coming from the retail side of the house. And through it all, advisors largely sitting on the sidelines. There's a lot of different reasons for that. Some of them is psychological. Some of that, you know, still have advisors kind of whispering about tulip bulbs and speculative fads. And we can definitely get into the psychology of it. But a big part of it is because advisors didn't have the right tools to engage with their clients. And maybe even more than that, the tools that advisors had available were worse than the tools available from a retail perspective. Mm -hmm. A retail client can go to Coinbase, open an account in five minutes, and throw in $100. Advisors, even a year, even two years ago, were left with ignoring crypto, even sending clients to those retail exchanges or pushing clients into one of a few very complicated investment products, really high fee, high tracking error type of products. We've never had an investing revolution in the United States where the solutions available to advisors were worse than the solutions available to retail customers. And that put advisors in a very, very difficult position to being asked time and time again, what are your thoughts on crypto? What do you do about crypto? What should I do about crypto? How do I think about it? My, you know, my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, my cousin are all telling me to do it, and I, as the advisory client, you know, uh, or I really as the advisor, have really nothing to to offer, nothing to help. I think you can put that on the. I, I focus on the tools, you know, that's that's a big part of of, of our focus of business. But I think you put that in the broader contract, the broader backdrop of a uncertain regulatory, you know, of of cryptocurrency companies kind of appearing out of out of thin air to become multi-billion dollar entities, an unbelievable and complicated convoluted backdrop that advisors find themselves placed within. And often the response was to ignore it until it became just too loud, too painful to ignore any larger, longer. From a how mature the crypto markets are, not to take a, the safe answer, they're maturing. It's not day 1. You cannot look at a multi-trillion dollar asset class. You cannot look at an asset class where literal governments are adopting crypto as legal tender and say it is it is day 1. We are far 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 from the kind of early heady days, you know, let's call it 2013 to 2015, 2016 or so. Sure. But at the same time, it is not an entirely mature asset class. You cannot look at what has happened over the last month or two or three in crypto markets which both feature, you know, spectacular price volatility and feature, you know, large established companies kind of exploding and going out of business overnight. You can't look at that and say that's entirely mature either. So, baseball innings, I think we're probably we're in the third, we're in the fourth, something of that sort. There's been some early points put up on the board. You know, there's kind of clear trends, clear direction being set. But at the same time, um, we're a long way from the the finish line, and we can get into what it would take to to kind of reach home plate. Uh, in in my baseball analogy that I just uh, absolutely butchered by bringing in finish lines, <laughs> um, then it, it's some combination of regulatory regimes, tools, and products. Um, you know, client demand, advisor adoption. There's a there's a mixture of these things that have to come together as as one. But that's probably how I'd how I'd place it today.
0: I appreciate that, and I think. Maybe we look at it less in terms of you know, sporting events and maybe more in terms of your know, client needs, right? And obviously, uh, we like to make very broad generalizations about you know, where you know, client demands or client needs are now. But if you look at you know, the majority of people who are working with an advisor, you know, they're boomers, right? They're retired or about to retire. Um, and they don't seem to be the ones who are necessarily driving the conversations around crypto. Of course, they are to some extent. Um, you know, we've all talked about this wealth transfer that's upon us, right? Whether it's uh, anywhere from 30 to 70 trillion, right? Um, Give or take 40 trillion. (laughs) Um, There's a different (laughs) estimate on how much money will be in play over the next 10 to 20 years. But what role do you think crypto and the understanding of crypto as an asset class will play in those advisors who are most successful in capturing some of that wealth that transitions over the next 10 to 20 years?
1: Let me, let me hedge and say everything I'm about to say is, is a potential path forward. And I think that's an important way for advisors to look at crypto. It's not something that definitively will be in the future. It is not something definitively that won't be in the future. We're dealing with uncertainties. And for a lot of advisors, having some option value on one of the fastest growing asset classes in all time is a really important way to approach the space recognizing and staring straight ahead at the uncertainty that we are all facing as we look at crypto each and every day. And I think that takes a humility and it's not something you often hear from the crypto community. I'm not here to say crypto definitively is going to take over the world. I'm also not here to say it's not going to take over the world. Sure. I think investing is about you know the, the practice of making decisions under uncertainty, making right size bets, thinking about risk in the right ways. And that's how advisors need to approach the space now. From your specific question, I often talk to advisory firms about really the most basic segmentation of your client book, existing clients, prospects, and next-gen clients. And we can talk through them, and often do with firms, one by one to help them think about how crypto might fit into their practice. From the existing client perspective, you're right that crypto does skew younger than other investing, um, You know, certainly than, than the average client of, of advisors. But it's not as young as people think anymore. One big recent industry survey found about half of retirement age investors were interested in Bitcoin investing, about half. From our own data, from clients of advisors using Flourish crypto, average client age is about 48. That's not certainly that's younger than the average client of an advisor, but that is not young. That means roughly half of our client base is over 50 years old. It's a more, a slightly more mature, more you know older demographic. So you start to look at those types of trends and you look at that stat I threw out earlier, 25% of American investors already own crypto. And the truth of the matter is that far more clients of financial advisors already own crypto than those advisors think. Mm-hmm. Far more of their clients have taken $20,000 whether it's out of the portfolio or a contribution that could have gone into the portfolio and they've gone and brought it to a retail exchange where it's completely out of sight of the financial advisor. That means I'm losing something, You know, let's call it 20 grand. I can't see it, I can't bill on it, I can't incorporate it within tax planning, within estate planning, within investment planning, within financial planning. I have lost sight of those assets while that client is effectively building a relationship with a competitor of mine. So you start with the existing book. I think it's important for advisors, even if they're not ready to advise on crypto, to make sure that their clients know that they are open to the conversation because from an advisory perspective, having clients constantly going and taking money away from you and bringing it to some other investing service, is it not a good place to be both from a business model perspective and from an overall client service perspective. So that's how we often talk about and think about existing clients. Now, prospects, I think it gets even more dramatic. CNBC found in their millennial, millennial millionaire survey, found that 83% of millennial millionaires are already invested in crypto. 83% millennial millionaires already investing in crypto. If I've talked to a lot of advisory firms over you know, the past few years. The percentage of them that would like to win more millennial, affluent, accumulator age clients is verging on 100%. Every firm would like to win more of that demographic. And I can tell you definitively, based on the data that those people invest in crypto. So as an advisor looking to grow, looking to win more clients, it's a pretty simple, you know the conclusion jumps right off the page. Sure. Your best case is you win that client, but you cannot serve some portion of their assets. And what does it do to your growth trajectory? What does it do to your book? if every kind of wealthy prospect you bring on board, that younger accumulator, keeps some percentage of their assets away from you? That is going to hurt advisory firm growth rates, which we all know that organic growth is often challenged in this industry. But I think the next level down is, are you going to be able to win that client at all? knowing that wealth is very experiential for people and crypto is extremely experiential. I think you let out the, the top. It's you know a relatively small percentage of the investable universe, but it's occupying all of our time and energy and attention. And that's the same that's true of that millionaire 35-year-old doctor. And so if you can't talk to them about a part of their wealth that is extremely experiential, has high salience, are you going to look relatable? Are you going to be able to bring that client on onto the books at all? So you look at existing clients, you look at prospects, next-gen is the same story, just even more accelerated. Um, you know, ceruli finds that 70 or 80% of next-gen clients are going to fire their parents' financial advisor. Again, I'm not here to say that crypto is the thing or is not the thing that is going to, to tip the balance of winning that next-gen clients. There's a lot of other factors at stake, but crypto does skew young. And so as that client base, that potential client base, that potential prospect or next-gen client of the future gets younger and younger and younger, advisory firms need to make sure that they are able to to relate. So across all those demographics, all those segments, we think crypto is really important for both retaining assets and driving growth. And it's not the kind of thing where if you don't do crypto, your business is going to fall apart tomorrow. Absolutely not. But as advisors, you know, leaders of advisory firms thinking about how their firm is going to grow over the next five or ten years, even a couple of different point difference in growth rates is going to make a tremendous difference on outcome, and that's squarely where they should center the conversation internally on crypto.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way of you know, putting it into context. In a lot of ways, you know, advisors don't have to be you know, proponents, right? They don't have to argue against crypto. They just have to be educated about it, right? They have to have an opinion a point of view and some perspective if and when they're going to have a conversation with an existing client or a prospect and i think one of the things that was most interesting we had rick edelman on the well podcast not long ago and he put it into context by saying it was really the first new asset class in 160 years since oil yep. right so there should be a lot of conversation about it there should be a lot of interest in it you don't necessarily need to have 90 percent of your portfolio in it but advisors experimenting with one to two percent um, exposure right are probably a little bit further along that, than those advisors who are not you know aware of or educated at all. Um, and they're probably better positioned for success. I thought you know also one of the more interesting things I mentioned the Wellstack conference, Rick Edelman did speak there. And when he did his presentation on crypto and digital assets, it was really interesting to see all the people who worked at the venue stopped what they were doing. <laughs> so the AV, um, the people who were you know, sort of working front of the house, back of the house, They all sat down and took notes and they were younger, right? These were people in their 20s and 30s, I believe. Um, And that was the first time I'd ever actually seen anything like that in 20 plus years of doing events for the wealth management space. So there's a certain energy around crypto that is impossible to ignore, right? Um, And if you're an advisor to your point who isn't well positioned to speak about it in an articulated or educated way, your business may not fall apart, but it is certainly not helping your cause.
1: Yeah. Yep, ab- absolutely, and, and again, I don't anybody who tells you if you don't do crypto tomorrow your business is going to fall apart. Like you can you can safely ignore that person. That's that's certainly not us from talking yeah. to hundred advisory firms. Every, you know, it's the same thing. The robo advisors, doom of the RIA community, patently not true. But advisory firms do need to think very seriously. What are the type of t- type of things that could change your growth rate by a couple points in any direction, mm-hmm. and what does that do for the trajectory of your business, particularly with the massive wave of M and A? In, in this industry, if you're a firm that thinks about either acquiring firms or being acquired by firms, I think you know very well that a couple point difference in growth can be a wild difference in outcomes. And and again, situating crypto as one of those core potential drivers of, of things to look at, things to explore as you think about positioning your firm for the future. So I, I absolutely couldn't agree more with everything you just said.
0: Yeah. It's a very interesting time. Um, I can't remember you know, a moment in time where you know, there was this much attention paid to something, right? That adv- was this foreign <laughs> to mm-hmm. financial advisors at the same time that it was also very real. Um, and speaking of very real, I did want to transition a little bit and I wanted to talk about cash, right? And sort of the importance of cash at this moment in time. You know, as much as we like to talk about things that are more conceptual, um, you know things that are harder to understand, like crypto and digital assets, you know, cash you can make a case has never been more important than it is right now. Um, and more specifically, you know cash that's managed appropriately. Um, if you wouldn't mind, ben, maybe just to put it in a context for us, if I'm an advisor and I'm thinking about ways that I would like to reinforce the importance of cash and maybe even more effectively manage it. What are you know, some new options that are available and what are some things that I should be considering as an advisor?
1: Absolutely. And, and what's interesting is that the cash conversation and the crypto conversation have far more similarities than more it, most advisors might think. We're dealing with an asset that is extremely pers- important from an emotional perspective, but that is gener- generally speaking, held away from the advisory firm. When we talk about cash, I'm not talking about the, you know, 1.5% that stays liquid within a portfolio to help facilitate billing. No client is thinking about that as my cash position. I'm not even thinking about kind of short-term treasuries that I'm rolling or money market funds or options of that of that sort. Those are important, but recognize that your client's bucket those into an investment management discussion that is portfolio assets. Where we spend a lot of all of our time really focusing and thinking on the flourish cash side, and I think is where we can is where we can do, you know deliver some unique insights to this space, is the money that is sitting in bank accounts away from financial advisors. And so to to wind back to twenty eighteen, the reason we got into flourish cash, we found a number of surveys finding that clients kept ten or twenty percent of their wealth in cash. That is a very, very large number. And when we would talk to advisors about it, they would say, that's nonsense. I keep 1.5% of the portfolio in cash. There's no way my clients have 10 or 20% of their net worth in cash. It strains belief. We didn't necessarily take that advice and we rolled out Flourish Cash. And I can tell you, flash forward a couple of of years, our average household balance is on the order of $250,000. And our average client is the average client of a financial advisor and is worth Somewhere on the order of one to two million dollars net worth. Now we can we can parse that data a million different ways and 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 look at averages versus uh, means versus medians. Not not all so important. Other than to say there are vast pools of money sitting outside of your orbit, and they are broadly speaking either sitting at a checking account, earning one basis point, large likely at a large money center bank, or they are sitting at a high interest savings account, earning a little bit more. But let's recognize. Banks pay high interest rates for a reason, and another big theme we've seen over the last four years—let's call it—is banks using high interest savings accounts as acquisition tools of their own. Ally, one of the most popular bank, you know, savings high interest savings accounts in America, just announced—I think it was two or three weeks ago—that they were hiring a term a team of CFPs to try to prospect those, you know, account holders and add to their ally invest solution. So again, actually a lot of similarity with, with, with cash versus crypto in the sense of very emotional type of, type of topic, clients want to keep money, you know, in the, in the bank, they want to have sleep well at night money. It's really important to them. Um, there was a study a few years ago that showed that people's level of happiness was, you know, uh, affluent folks level of happiness was more correlated to cash they had in the bank than the size of their investment portfolio. So advisors should recognize that. It's not just a matter of a box checking exercise, like once a year, let's update the financial plan and e-money. Oh, you've got 50,000 in cash, let's plug it in. But really talk about that cash just the same way you would talk about the invested portfolio as an incredibly important and experiential part of your client's financial lives. And our hope through offering this you know, flourish cash, but for advisors diving into the space in general, is that that can open up growth opportunities for you as well. You discover that the Smith family has $250,000 in cash, which you didn't believe is possible. Does that allow you over time to incorporate, take more risk in the portfolio? Or does it allow you to have a conversation with that client about how potentially some of that money could be better invested instead? But maybe we do need to look at your risk tolerance to make sure you're you know, you're, you're, you're right-sizing your overall household level of risk now that we know that you might be a little more conservative than we thought. Cash can be the on-ramp and off-ramp between the portfolio and kind of the checking account, thinking about there are clients who are accumulating. Are you going to wait and talk to them once a year about new assets that they can deploy into the portfolio? Or do you want to more actively talk to them about their savings accounts and their savings accounts type of strategies as sort of a funnel into the portfolio? And on the very flip side, you think about that accumulator age client, you are sending money out of the portfolio. Are you just cutting checks to their JP Morgan Chase account where they're going to earn a BIP? Or do you want to a little bit more actively work with them to make sure that they are earning the most that they can as you know, a bridge between portfolio, savings account, and then checking account. We, you know, we're obviously biased here. We think we play a, a big and very important role in this conversation for the advisory community in offering a cash management solution that is built for advisors. But you can forget Flourish and just make sure that that conversation is something your advisors are well-equipped to have, and you are not turning a blind eye towards there's portfolio assets and then everything else. Recognizing that the everything else is incredibly important to your clients is a great place to start.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate you, Andy, on that. Especially, you know, as rates start to rise, it's not just about the numbers, right? It is about the narrative sometimes. And if if, if Flourish actually rolls out a cash solution for someone like me who has two 14 year old twin daughters and my cash situation is not what it was just a few years. ago. Please (laughs) let me know. I know you've got a newborn at home, but uh, stay tuned. It's a, uh, (laughs) it's a different type of cash management exercise, but um, the point is, I I think you're spot on. And I think that it is like you use the term on ramp and off ramp. That's exactly right. And I appreciate how much you've been able to just align the thinking about crypto or the feeling more specifically with the thinking and feeling about cash. I don't know that I've made that connection before, but I appreciate that very much, Ben. I think you, you've absolutely covered a lot of ground here. I really appreciate you going as deep as you have on both the subject of crypto and cash management. Before we wrap up here, is there anything you'd add on either subject that you think would be important for our audience of advisors to know?
1: We're, we're in an interesting time in both cash and crypto. Um, starting on the crypto side and, and as we record this on on June 14th, no question that crypto markets have have taken a beating over the last six months or so. And for some advisors, that's you know a vindication of why they stayed away and why they're going to continue to stay away. For other advisors, you might want to look at the how the kind of history in crypto has repeated itself in this repeated boom bust consolidation type of cycle. Again, I'm not here to predict the future, my, my my crystal ball is hazy, but recognize just because crypto went down does not mean it is something that you should all of a sudden write off because historically speaking, those busts are followed by consolidation phases, are followed by rocket ships back to the top. And so, um, from a from an advisory perspective, recognize this could, and and again, I want to hedge that this could be the exact right time that advisors should be getting in, not when every client is, you know, reading about it on the front page of the Wall Street Journal because of positive price action, but when there's blood in the streets, so to speak. So, crypto, interesting kind of. Uh, point right now and important for advisors to re-underwrite their strategy, whatever it is, whether to engage or to ignore or to educate, really important, I think, for advisors to have that deliberate conversation right now and make sure they're not being too reactive to current events. Same thing in cash, as you just pointed out, interest rates are projected to go up astronomically over the next year or two. Play the forward value on that a little bit think 6 months ahead think a year ahead how does the conversation change if high yield savings accounts are 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 yielding 2% and money market funds and fixed income options are going up uh you know uh, in 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 turn i think important time for advisors to be forward looking in a way that we often find that they are When it comes to the invested portfolio, every advisor can look at the equity portfolio, say, you know, we're we're expecting X, Y, Z percent growth over the next ten years. Where we find advisory firms a little slower on the draw is thinking about some of those non-portfolio assets in the exact same way. And so that that would be my parting advice on both crypto and cash: is think about where we are today, but really force yourself, you know, take your leadership team offsite, crypto, cash, other types of assets, other types of products. Where do we think the market is going in the last year? Because or in the next year, because the only thing I know for certain is the next year is going to look nothing like the 10 years that came behind it. And that is a cause for a lot of reflection and internal conversation for advisory firms.
0: Well said, and a great place to end. Ben crooktank thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the Wellstack Stack Podcast. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, Mark. This was a pleasure. Thanks.
0: And thank you to everybody for listening today to the Wealth Stack Podcast. Again, on behalf of the Wealth Management Team, At Informa, I'm Mark Bruno. Thank you very much for tuning in today. And we look forward to having you back on the next episode of the Wellstack Podcast.